Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show, and I'm very excited for today's guest. Before we get into it, just a friendly reminder that every Monday, I put out a newsletter called Prep List Items. This newsletter is for anyone in the food industry. It's a two to three minute read on three to four stories that I find interesting. I send information, industry updates, uh, new technology, new ingredients I've found, uh, anything that I find uh, that helps me throughout my you know career, just personal day-to-day stuff related to cooking. So go check it out. Go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email and hit subscribe to the Prep List Items newsletter. It has a 70% open rate right now. So really, for those who are receiving it, are really enjoying it. So go check it out at linecookthoughts.com. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave an honest review. It helps me out a ton, lets me get more traction, and lets me know what you like or dislike about the show. My guest today is Krista Alajajian. She is a former chef and restaurant operator who is now an industry leader in digital marketing and media. After helping concepts like Umami Burger and Sun Life Organics become the beloved restaurants they are today, Krista stepped into the world of food media as the culinary director of We Are Cocina. Through Cocina, she became an expert in storytelling, content distribution, media monetization, and branding. Today, she's built an incredible roster of clients that include Chef Aaron Sanchez of Master Chef, Chef Daniel Shemtov of Food Network and Tastemade. I may have said the last name wrong. I apologize for that. The Emerald Agassi Foundation, multiple award-winning brand, The Lime Truck, and more. She is also the CEO and founder of Meze Origin Spices, a newly launched spice company inspired by her deep love of travel and culture. I do want to say thank you to Krista for coming on the show. It has been a minute since I first reached out, and I was very happy to have her on. We discuss a lot in this episode about food marketing. I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions and a lack of understanding of how important food marketing is. And Krista really breaks down what to look for in good food marketing versus bad food marketing, kind of what her roles have been, how you should be targeting different audiences, and so much more. If you are anyone that is doing anything in food business, this episode is essential. It is very important to know how to market your product, how to get the word out there, and how to get customers to notice you. So check out this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. I really hope you are, hope you enjoy our conversation. Krista, thank you so much. I am putting the link to all things Krista down in the description of this uh, podcast. So go check it out and visit her work. And thank you all for listening. Here we go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, awesome. So welcome to the podcast. If you want to start out by introducing yourself, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, I'm Krista Alajajian, and I am a food marketing, uh, business development, and media expert. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Definitely excited to chat. Been following you for a while on Instagram. I know we've connected here and there. So excited to have you on the show finally. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. So it seems like you wear a couple of hats and I obviously will get into kind of the work you've done, but if you could just give a brief, um, like maybe like two to three minute background on your work or your career so far, I think that'd be pretty helpful to lead the conversation forward. Sure. So, uh, yeah, you kind of nailed it. Um, I wear a lot of hats. 
um, marketing and for food and beverage, I think kind of requires that. Um, so you have to be an expert in content. You have to be an expert in tech and you have to be an expert in, um, distribution. So, um, yeah, I, I actually started off my career in operations. Um, and then I made a shift about 10 years in, um, Okay. For various reasons, and uh, I landed in the position that I'm in now, which is mainly uh, working as like a director of marketing or, or head of digital marketing for food and beverage companies. Awesome, that's good to hear. And so, what drew you to food marketing? I mean, you said you're in operations. What kind of led you into going into food marketing? Yeah, you know, I I actually I thought I was going to be a chef. That was the plan. Um, but as my career took off, um, I got sort of more into operations and then that gave me a better sense of the bigger picture. Um, so with that kind of, you know, holistic view on the industry, I recognized that there was this huge hole that needed to be filled. You know, there was amazing people with great talent, um, that I noticed weren't getting like nearly the same amount of recognition um, as they deserve to, just because they didn't have like the resources or the budget um, that these big corporations do to, to have access to all those like amazing marketing tools. So, you know, I thought to myself, this is an opportunity for me to serve my industry that I love so much in like a really powerful um, way. So I made the shift. Okay. You talk about obviously like people that need you know, help with marketing. I think a big thing, I think it's there's a lot of missing points in the food industry or a lot of things that we lack uh, that other maybe industries have. And I do think marketing, especially on a restaurant level or just on a smaller food business level, is very can be very difficult. And obviously, there's ways that go about doing it. For you, looking at maybe like the restaurant industry in particular, or just food businesses, mm -hmm. um, like chefs. What are some of the key things you look for when building out a marketing plan for someone? Like, how do you approach each different business or person that you're going to, like, you know, make content for or do marketing for? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, you know, we live in a world where, like, David Dobrik's pizza is winning over the, like, local North Indian restaurant that's been in business for 30 years serving their community. Um, and, you know, like, that's a bummer, right? <laughs> Great food should always win. Mm -hmm. So I think it starts with um, it, my approach to, to every single brand that I work with or business that I work with. You have to really first understand your product. And then you really got to know, you know, how your product is unique from everyone else's. Like, what are your unique value propositions? So once we've clearly identified what those are, that kind of becomes the lens through which all of our material kind of passes through and that gives us like a really clear brand. It gives us really clear messaging. It gives us a really consistent like tone with our audience. And then we can really start to build a community around that. Okay. And in regards to like looking at different platforms, so let's just use an example of maybe, I mean, I guess I'm guessing you've done like work with like food businesses that, Maybe it's like CPG or something, something yeah. in that realm, or is it all been like, yeah, you've done, okay. Yeah. So let's go with that. So say you have a business in 2023 that want, comes to you for marketing assistance, comes to you for you because they want to grow their brand, get more traction, make more yeah. money, obviously. 
what are some of the channels, what are some of the places you're looking at doing the marketing on? Is there a specific channel that you really enjoy? Is there a specific uh, social media platform you really like? What are you looking at right now in this, like in the 2023 era of food marketing? Yeah. Um, I think the number one most important thing to, to kind of look at before you decide like, oh, should I launch a TikTok? You have to be able to do it sustainably. Like if you can't keep up with the consistency of posting, then your presence on that platform is not going to serve your business and you're going to waste a lot of precious time and valuable resources, you know, trying to be on a platform where you are never going to really be able to fully optimize. So first you have to see like what your abilities really are as far as like how diversified you want your portfolio to be. Um, and then, the, you know, if, if it's a CPG brand, like, you know, I, I'm a really big fan of Shopify. I think it's just technology like Shopify makes everything so easy. They just put everything in one consolidated sort of platform, all your marketing, all your accounting, all your fulfillment. So if you want to have a CPG brand out there, like you have to start there. And then through that platform, you know, they've endorsed a lot of really um, incredible tools and you want to work with tools that work within your ecosystem as well. So you don't have to be constantly like bridging technology. So you can like, you know, kind of use the integrations that they offer to build out a strategy that works for you and your business. Um, I still think Instagram okay. is really, really valuable. I know there's been a lot of talk since there's been like updates to the metaverse and things like that. And they've changed the way that the algorithms work. But I think... You have to also understand that each platform is going to appeal to different people with different intent. And as long as you're designing content that's native to that platform, that fits into that frame of mind that people are in when they're scrolling whatever screen your stuff is landing on, then you're going to win. So look at your resources, you know, see what you can realistically consistently keep up with, and then um, go out there and, and start building a community. Okay. No, I mean, that makes sense. And for, I guess like, look, I think the biggest thing that I've always wondered, and this would be a great, um, I think segment for anyone listening, uh, is how do you, how does a business, uh, pretty much, how does a business justify the marketing spend or what are the KPIs? What are the, what's the data you show a business, right? Because I feel like for me running an Instagram, like I don't really make any money on my online cook thoughts on Instagram. And that's not the intent for the page. I make right. some money elsewhere with different other like writing and uh, my regular job and all that. But, you know, mm -hmm. I can put a post on Instagram and get so much reach and, you know, all these great statistics that sound great. But if my goal was to make money, that doesn't really mean anything because I'm not making any dollars. So what do you have to prove out to businesses when you undertake a marketing project? Yeah, that is my biggest um, thing when I first start with like a new client, I always start with what are your goals? Like if you're working with somebody in marketing that doesn't start with that question, then you might want to reevaluate that partnership because you want to work with marketers who, who have a really strong understanding of what the bottom of the funnel looks like for restaurants. You know, that means getting people in the door, eating your food. For CPG brands, that means selling products online. For media um, companies like yours, that means, you know, getting sponsorships and having the reach and the awareness and, and um, you know, kind of the, the impressions that are going to attract the level of sponsorships that you deserve for your program. So um, first understanding what those goals are and then reverse engineering a plan from that that 
you know, you're setting up funnels essentially at the end of the day to serve that finish line, to get people to across that finish line. So, um, yeah, it really depends on the industry and it depends on your business and what you're trying to do. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. That point of if you're like, you kind of flip it on them, like what are your goals with it? So I think that's really a great way to look at it. Um, so going into kind of some of the work you've done in the past, what are some projects, what are some jobs that you've taken in your career that have been really like shining lights or you look back on and you're like, yeah, that was pretty cool work that I've done because I don't know that I've really had any food marketers on the podcast and we're almost at 200 episodes. So, wow. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. I what is it? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did a lot of really cool stuff. So I, I kind of got into food marketing through food media. Um, I think my experience okay. in food media helped me become like a really good storyteller. Um, and then, you know, uh, working side by side with all these huge brands like Nestle and Mazzola and Chevy and Amazon, you know, getting to understand like why content needed to be like how we use recipe videos, something as simple as recipe videos to deliver like the essence of a brand. Um, you know, it really kind of was a catalyst for me, um, getting in, in, in how I got into marketing. Um, so working in food media though, I got to do a lot of really cool stuff. I got to, you know, do collaborations with sunset magazine and tastemade. And I got, I think my proudest achievement was I got to be the culinary director of a show, El Sabor de Aron. It's a Spanish language cooking competition show and uh, starring the indomitable El Jefe himself, Chef Aron Sanchez from MasterChef. So getting to, um, having him like trust me with his vision, being able to like connect with my Mexican roots like never before and build a show that was like uplifting the community. It was just really, really inspiring. And, and I learned so much through that, through that adventure. That's awesome to hear. What about, what do you think about your ability to navigate made chef trust you with that project? I think a lot of folks who, um, who maybe step into the media side of the food and beverage industry, um, maybe forget that at the end of the day, we're all just chefs. We're all just cooks. We're all just trying to make great food. And they get caught up in like the the buzz and and I think I, I I really like honestly stayed true to who I was in 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 the beginning of my journey. And he really resonates with that because that's who he is. I know he's like this mega superstar chef, but he's if you ask him what he does for a living, he'll tell you he's a chef first and foremost. And so we kind of clicked. We just immediately recognize the food person in each other and then it made it really really easy to work together and we just get along we have a lot of fun so that helps too <laughs> that's really cool i uh i think that i can say that as i've i've started in restaurants as well and i've worked in move myself into food media and i'm also a research and development chef and i work in a you know a couple of cool, cool spaces that i don't think i ever would have thought of working in in culinary school and I think that for me, a big part of why I enjoy my career so much and the work I do is my willingness to never be caught up in a sunk cost fallacy mindset where I've worked on something, but that the intention isn't that I should be there for 10 to 20 years. And so like for you, you've had so many different projects and then obviously in food media, it's kind of flipped where maybe in a kitchen you work your way 
up through the ranks. And then one day you operate your own kitchen and you're doing that for years and years on end. And obviously you're in a much higher position now, but throughout your career, you've probably had worked on projects that you put your all into, but then seven months later, you weren't even touching them and you're onto something else. Yeah. Do you think that that's a skill set that needs to be developed where it's like, all right, I've been able to put my all into this for this amount of time, this amount of project, and then I'm moving on to the next. Or do you think, do you find that? Cause I found that a little difficult. Um, and I think that's a skill that not many people know that they should develop. What mm-hmm. are your thoughts on that? But that is just like the meat of it all, right? Like that is, you nailed it. Um, I had a really, really hard time with that in the beginning. I'll be completely honest with you because mm-hmm. I came from such a strong, I mean, I was a VP of operations at like a multi-unit national restaurant chain before I decided to leave and start working in food media, which eventually became marketing. Um, and that transition was terrifying. I was like shaking in my boots every day. I think the number one thing that I was, you know, like every freelancer just kind of, or entrepreneur or anybody who's like a self-employed is going to wake up in the middle of the night with this, you know, uh, I'm going to die broken alone, like kind of overwhelming impending doom, um, sort of like looming over you. So I think it is a skill that you have to develop and hone because it's not, always something that comes natural to people if you're used to working in an environment where you have so much structure you know in the kitchen we have so much structure in restaurants we have so much structure we have the brigade system we have schedules we have a set menu every day and when your job description location and coworkers are changing project to project and those can be on a daily basis like you really have to learn to be super super adaptable in that environment and you have to learn to like do really well and like in in those opportunities so that those lead to more opportunities and you can keep working so you got to like shake it off and show up at the end of the day awesome no i i think it's definitely an interesting skill and i think for me too it's just like i've over the last few years i've taken different roles and just being able to maneuver and go into these different positions and just being open to learning and not feeling like I'm missing out or that I've lost something I think is valuable. And, you know, those experiences that I gained have all like, they all helped me like get to where yeah. I'm going. So I think that it's, but it's such a different way of looking at it coming from kitchens. Cause it's like you have, it's almost, and it's expected, right? Like you build yourself up from line cook to sous chef and there's not as much lateral movement that looks really great, but in a business like yours, like you might not, like for you, you might go, like you said, Chevy to another company. You might be doing the same thing, but it's not seen as a negative because you moved like in a lateral sense where you're right. doing the same work for a different brand. Yeah. So it's just a weird like relationship to work that I think is interesting for like food marketing versus like restaurant work. Yeah, I think the magic of what we do now is that we get to a point where we can choose the people that also we want to work with to a certain extent. And we can really like, you know, uh, we can really invest in in projects and brands and people that we believe in. Whereas when you're working in a restaurant, you know, you try to do that. You try to go to like, you know, the best kitchen in town. You try you try to work your way there. But, um, you know, I think it's a it's a little bit more challenging where in our role, you know, we 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 they pitch us for our services and then and then we get to decide. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Going into food uh, business development. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, so obviously marketing is one aspect of it. 
what are the aspects of food business development that are kind of different from marketing? And does that still tie into your role now? Where like, are you, I guess if you were to split it up, are you more focused on marketing than business development? Or is marketing just a part of that and business development is mainly the entire goal of it? Yeah, I think marketing is, is a big part of developing your business, you know, understanding who you are um, and, and then understanding how to reach your, your target consumer. Um, for me, a lot of that manifests through technology, um, you know, and, it, and it's really fun because it's constantly evolving. So I'm always like re- learning new ways to leverage technology to help my clients like tell their story and reach their customers. Um, so yeah, I, I think there are other facets of business development, obviously, um, you know, uh, in, in just like the, the profitability of your business, um, and how your operations is performing and optimizing that and improving that in every possible way. It's in developing your culture and really, uh, knowing who you are, not just for your customers, but also for your team. Um, but I think a lot of that eventually lands on the desk of the marketer and it's our responsibility to communicate that um, all that development, all that progress that you've made as an organization to the rest of the world. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, like that progress piece. I think that can be lost sometimes in uh, what people are doing, especially, you know, like I said, like social media statistics and everything else. So it's, it's interesting. Like, like you do this for a job and it's cool to see that like there's the thought process behind everything. Cause I think a lot of people think marketing is easy. It's just online. And, and for some, for a small percentage, maybe it is, but for the vast majority, it takes a ton of work. Yeah. Um, what, before we get into, um, as a spices and we are Cocina, I'd love to ask what is bad food marketing to you? Bad when you food. think of bad food marketing, yeah. Like, what do you think about? Where, what do you think is a bad execution of? You don't have to name an example, but when you're like, "Oh, that's bad food marketing," what is it usually representing? Oh, I see. Um, I think maybe not re- like representing a brand, but like, what is the representation of like ba- like a poorly executed food marketing? Yeah, uh, if you think strategy. you're gonna like take pictures of your food and like post it on Instagram, and that that's enough to get people really stoked on your brand, then you're not doing nearly enough. You know, um, people are looking for a sense of community. And if you can build a community around your product, um, then, then you have a sustainable business. Um, so I think, you know, kind of half-heartedly doing it just because you're supposed to and thinking like, well, Instagram doesn't care as long as I'm posting every day. Like, no, put a little thought into it. Like, respect your audience. Um, They're smart. They have plenty of other content to choose from. Like, you know, do from an authentic place, you know, do the best that you can to serve them. And and then they'll be your champions. They'll be your brand ambassadors. And they'll have a sense of ownership in your success. And they'll catapult you to the next level. You won't have to do it yourself. Um, So I think bad marketing is like, half-hearted effort um and then also like inauthenticity just like oh cheese pulls are really popular let's make a bunch of cheese pulls videos and then you know like how many cheese pulls uh can the world do (laughs) at the end of the day you know uh if you really want to resonate with people and you want to get them in your door to your cart 
um, to buy your product, then, then, you, then you have to connect with them on a much deeper level. It's actually funny you bring up cheese pulse. I just saw a commercial, I think it was on YouTube. I don't remember where it was, but it had a cheese pull and it literally looked like Spider-Man's webs because there was so <laughs> much like different strands. It was like disturbingly, it was disturbingly crazy cheese pull. I was like, that looks so fake. Like I wouldn't want to eat that. It's just like sticking to like the. Yeah, it's inauthenticity, you know, it's like how, how like just the people that go so over the top with their content and they're wasteful. And it's like, sure, you're going to get a lot of likes on that one video, but no one's going to know who you are in six months from now. You know what I mean? Like if you, if yeah. you tell a meaningful story, then people will remember you and they'll, and they'll want to see you succeed. They're going to be invested in your success. And that's how you win at the end of the day. As a content creator who has never really gone viral, but has been doing this for four years, I think it's been really cool for me to, I think I do, I don't really, I think I do focus on a really different niche, right? Podcast telling stories, positive stories in the industry, in an industry that's dominated by like kitchen culture and kitchen mm-hmm. confidential and of course mm-hmm. of Bourdain, but he even renounced a lot of the stuff in his book. Um, sure. But I think for me though, like the goal has always been to just put out content that I think is valuable for the audience that I think is really enjoy enjoyable to make and um, is really just something that like I've had, I've had growth, I've had traction, but my goal has never been to like chase trends. Um, And to do that is, I think is what marketing kind of is sometimes. How do you balance that out? How do you balance like, you know, I think I see so many people, even influencers who were like on TikTok had nothing to do with food are now doing the um, the quick like cooking videos where like it's like really quick shots of like smashing yeah. garlic, then it's going like tomatoes into a pan. And then how do you like balance like trying to be trendy with like oversaturation of it? Yeah. yeah. That is a really, really good question. And um, I think the best example of that from the work that I've done is with um, Chef Aron. You know, um, he's been on television for like 25, 30 years, you know, since he was on Chopped on the first episode of Chopped on Food Network. So, um, you know, he has this really like um, evergreen brand. But then in order to like get him, uh, you know, like keep in order to promote the sustainability of his brand by reaching a new, maybe younger audience through like TikTok, for example, you kind of have to you know, uh, lean into those trends in order to, to build the audience on a new platform with a new audience like that. So, but instead of like, it's so not his brand to sit there and do like silly dances on TikTok or like, you know, um, slap his chef in the kitchen with a tortilla or whatever. Um, so, you know, we find the trends that are authentic to who he, who he is um, and, and the message that he's sending as a, a brand, as a personal brand. And then we, we do that. And then that's how you grow because it doesn't seem like forced. It doesn't seem like you're trying too hard. And there's a really good example of that when, uh, you know, we do these like duet videos with recipe video, uh, with the Latin recipes that we find on TikTok. And, um, you know, like Gordon's yeah. really famous for that. And he'll do, he'll like rip people apart and, oh no, you donut, whatever. 
And we did a couple like negative reviews on Otto's channel. And then people were so unhappy because even though that's like what works for Gordon, that's not Otto's brand. He's like the guy who like loves everybody up and he's super, you know, uplifting and, you know, he supports everyone. He's always rooting for the underdog. So, you know, we, we mm -hmm. had to shift our strategies so that it was more about uplifting our community than it was about doing what was working for other celebrity chefs like him and it ended up taking off and people loved it yeah so if that can kind of That's be awesome. like an example of what you're talking about yeah no it's interesting and obviously like i just i couldn't imagine the pressure like i just give you a ton of credit and everyone <laughs> that works with you a ton of credit like i like i said i i do line cook thoughts for fun it's true it, it's a hobby like any money I make is through freelance writing through my, like I just do it for pure fun. I love it. And I don't know that I've ever put that pressure on that it needs to deliver income to me, but I feel like as soon as there's income and people are buying stuff, like, and I don't think it's wrong. Like maybe at some point, like I'll really, really focus on that. But for me, my enjoyment has just been like, yeah, I get to do this thing and like, that's cool. But I couldn't like, I would be so stressed all the time having to like take someone's money and like, like get people to like think like that yeah. just seems such like such a tough thing to do it over is, and over and sure. over again because you have to be so current yeah and it's also like yeah. an added challenge of it I will say is that everyone thinks that they know how to do marketing <laughs> so it's like well I can just hire my like nephew who just graduated college and he'll do it for free I was like great good luck let me know and then they'll always like end up calling me at the end of the day. So but you got to get them through that, you know, initial hump of like, I'm here to help you, you know? Um, but I think what you're doing here with line cook thoughts is really, really, is really awesome. Seriously. Like I wish something like this existed when I was in the kitchen, uh, you know, it was a long time ago. And like you said that there wasn't a community like this, uh, especially not for women in the kitchen. So uh, it was, it was just so refreshing when I came across your page and, you know, if you decide to monetize your content later, you're going to have such a strong foundation of fans that, you know, are really going to root for you because you've done the work, because you've been authentic, because you've told important stories and you've checked like every box that like good marketing starts with. So I'm really excited for, for your future. Thank you. That means it's fun to hear, um, really, because I, I, th I think it's like a lot of. I was actually in a group call yesterday with some other creators. We like have this call once in a while and um, it's just like rewarding. Like, you know, you put a lot of work in and then it's just like, yeah, like you're doing it. Like, what are you doing it for? Why are you in it for? You know, I've met a lot of people over the last few years who want to start a podcast, want to start blogging, want to start like newsletters. And they think they're really, they think they're going to get money off of it. Right. And honestly, like that was my thought in the beginning. I was like, okay, maybe I'll make money off this. But as I started to grow with it, I was like, no, but I've said this so many times on the podcast, like my freelance writing may, brings me a really great side income, like income that's impacting me to be able to pay off college loans and that's all amazing. these different things. And that all came th from the podcast and like yeah. guests I've had on, like I've had three connections that have given me mass, like really great writing opportunities. So, I mean, I get it. I, and I, I'm sure there's so many people that have watched Gary Vee and yeah. like totally know how to market now. So, and I'll, I won't lie. One of the big, when I started podcasting, he was like my guy I was listening to, but oh, he's great. I think he's good. in sometimes, but yeah. uh, he, uh, he's definitely, I've, I've seen so many people like, Oh, I've seen Gary Vee. I'm going to start a podcast. And then like three days later, it's gone. But yeah. Um, 
real quick, I do want to, before we hop off, I know we're running short on time. I did want to talk about We Are Cosina first. What is that? Could you explain that to the audience, what that is? Sure. So um, We Are Cosina is a digital media company. Well, it started off as a digital media company dedicated to uplifting the Latino community through food. Um, and then since it's graduated into a full-blown production company, you know, we do incredible um, uh, partnerships with brands and as marketers. And we've just become this like amazing organization um, with three really cool pillars that serve, you know, all, that are all related to food in some way. So Aron uh, yeah. was actually the co-founder of that um, of that company. And that's kind of how we um, started working together because I was the culinary director for uh, We Are Cocina. So I started off, you know, helping them develop, uh, you know, uh, produce and direct recipe videos for their channel. And then eventually we started making television shows and like it really took off. So, um, yeah, it's an amazing company that does a lot of really cool, a lot of really cool stuff in the Latin community. So everybody check them out. <laughs> yeah. At We Are Cocina on Instagram. A lot of great content. Good following. 44,000 followers. So it's. Obviously, yeah, it's a like, huge a really it's actually like brand. 16 million or something or across all channels like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything like it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. So, really cool. It's a big presence. Yeah. And it, it just like a lot of the reels you all put out and a lot of the content um that you all I'm looking at right now, it's just um and doing prep for this is really awesome to see all that. So, and then quickly, Meze Spice. Am I saying that right? Meze yeah. Spices? Or? Meze Spices, yeah. yeah. Got the name? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, Meze Spices is my is my passion project. I'm the CEO and founder of that. Um, it's a, a spice company, and we curate spices by cuisine. Um, I'm a huge traveler. That's cool. Bourdain is, is God to me, you know? Um, and I really wanted to, um, you know, bring the experience of travel home for people. And I felt like spices was the perfect way to do that. And to give, you know, folks an idea of the base or the foundation of like regional cuisines from around the world that especially maybe don't get the recognition or the don't have the same popular like level of popularity um, as, as a, some of the others. Uh, I wanted to highlight those cuisines and, and really bring them home for people in a really approachable way. So we do these really cool curated spice kits where we give you like the six foundational spices of, of uh, different cuisines so that's awesome i think that's such a cool idea thank you what's your favorite cuisine spice kit starter kit well we started with the middle east because i lived there for eight months and i'm half middle eastern and i i'm a huge advocate for culture i'm sure as you can tell between cocina and meze like my culture means everything to me so after doing the Cocina project for, you know, so many years, I really wanted to do something for my Middle Eastern side. And I thought that, um, you know, so I, I was living in the region and it's like, I got to get this home to people like the smells of walking through the souks in the middle of the day, like people would love this. So I worked for like three years to find an incredible um, partner that could bring in the spices and mill them on site and, you know, package them really beautifully. And, uh, I think out of the kit, my favorite spice that we sell is probably our cumin. And cumin is such like a common okay. spice, but we have this beautifully fragrant, like crazy delicious cumin that I'm obsessed with. So I loved it. This is like, 
not, you know, my, my little, my little, my, my heart's desire is just like all the things I ever want to do in my life are being fulfilled through this project. Um, and I get to use all of the amazing uh, knowledge that I've gained through marketing and, and media to kind of build that brand. So it's full circle. It sounds like a part two, just going into you building that is due on the podcast. Oh, that would be so fun. Cool. <laughs> it was not <laughs> easy because it was all during COVID and yeah, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> it was really hard. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. If you want to share everywhere people can find you, your work, I know there's a good amount, so that would be the time to do it is now. Sure. Um, I don't know how to, I don't really like promote my personal Instagram, but. Um, That's fine. Should I just talk about. I guess we could do just like the, I guess I could just read off the tags real quick. Yeah, the lime truck. The, so at, yep, the lime truck. Uh, Chef Aaron Sanchez uh, at Meze Spices at We Are Cocina and at Brand Grub, and then her just like just a bunch of stuff all over. So yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all there. It's all there. I should probably change my Instagram handle as a marketer. I have the <laughs> the irony. Hey, yeah, that's hilarious. Awesome. Well, Krista, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Ray. You are an absolute delight. And I'm so proud of the work that you're doing. And I love I love this business. And I, and I love that you've built such an amazing community around it. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Of course. Hello, Lion Cook Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with the Lion Cook Thoughts Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Welcome back to another episode of the show, and I'm very excited for today's guest. Before we get into it, just a friendly reminder that every Monday, I put out a newsletter called Prep List Items. This newsletter is for anyone in the food industry. It's a two to three minute read on three to four stories that I find interesting. I send information, industry updates, uh, new technology, new ingredients I've found, uh, anything that I find uh, that helps me throughout my you know career, just personal day-to-day stuff related to cooking. So go check it out. Go to linecookthoughts.com, put in your email and hit subscribe to the Prep List Items newsletter. It has a 70% open rate right now. So really, for those who are receiving it, are really enjoying it. So go check it out at linecookthoughts.com. Also, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please leave an honest review. It helps me out a ton, lets me get more traction, and lets me know what you like or dislike about the show. My guest today is Krista Alajajian. She is a former chef and restaurant operator who is now an industry leader in digital marketing and media. After helping concepts like Umami Burger and Sun Life Organics become the beloved restaurants they are today, Krista stepped into the world of food media as the culinary director of We Are Cocina. Through Cocina, she became an expert in storytelling, content distribution, media monetization, and branding. Today, she's built an incredible roster of clients that include Chef Eron Sanchez of Master Chef, Chef Daniel Shemtov of Food Network and Tastemade. I may have said the last name wrong. I apologize for that. The Emerald Agassi Foundation, multiple award-winning brand, The Lime Truck, and more. She is also the CEO and founder of Meze Origin Spices, a newly launched spice company inspired by her deep love of travel and culture. I do want to say thank you to Krista for coming on the show. It has been a minute since I first reached out, and I was very happy to have her on. We discuss a lot in this episode about food marketing. I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions and a lack of understanding of how important food marketing is. And Krista really breaks down what to look for in good food marketing versus bad food marketing, kind of what her roles have been, 
how you should be targeting different audiences, and so much more. If you are anyone that is doing anything in food business, this episode is essential. It is very important to know how to market your product, how to get the word out there, and how to get customers to notice you. So check out this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. I really hope you hope you enjoy our conversation. Krista, thank you so much. I'm putting the link to all things Krista down in the description of this uh, podcast. So go check it out and visit her work. And thank you all for listening. Here we go.